In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Sixth Commandment, which is the focus of this message, seems to get more attention today than all the other nine. I wonder if that has not always been true. The consequences of breaking this commandment seem to be more serious than others. Broken marriages, disease, unwanted pregnancies, abused, bruised, and emotionally and physically hurt children and victims, you name it. But there's another reason that this commandment gets so much attention. Adultery is fun. Why else is it so popular? But, but, that favorite word that always follows the guilt that carnal pleasure causes, but, that guilt, the shame that makes us question the pleasure that comes from sexual sins, but, those consequences that ruin people's and families' lives, that but is what takes what seems to be the most popular sin of our day and makes it the most unpopular. Which leads me to ask, can we find anything positive to say about the Sixth Commandment, you shall not commit adultery, and all that this commandment condemns? Luther, in his explanation to this commandment, does. He, in fact, protects and he holds up marriage as one of God's greatest institutions when he says, we should fear and love God that we lead a sexually pure and decent life in what we say and do, and husband and wife love and honor each other. And that love and honor between husbands and wives is what I would like to focus on in this message. Paul in Ephesians 5 sets the stage for this when he says, Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, and then pointing to the relationship between husbands and wives, Paul caps this off by saying, Submit to one another. Or shall I say, give yourselves to one another out of reverence for Christ. Paul, in comparing the marriage relationship to that which exists between Christ and the Church, makes it very clear that there is no special subordination between husbands and wives because, as people of God, they are all subject to one another. Christ loved the Church and gave himself for it. In that same way, husbands are to love their wives, and wives are to love and serve their husbands as the Church serves Christ, Paul is saying. How different that is from what love is in the minds of most people today, love which can best be described as sort of an ethereal kind of thing, a state in which people find themselves suddenly a love-at-first-sight kind of thing, characterized by dreamy looks and long walks on the beach, 
or an emotion that gets you into bed with someone else without thinking of the consequences, something that is primarily out of control, a feeling as opposed to a choice, or a love that tries to control, bending people to its will, forcing them to do strange and possibly destructive things that they would not normally do. Again, what a contrast this kind of love is to the kind of giving, sacrificial love that the presence of Christ in our midst brings to our world and our homes. For Paul, yes, for the Apostle Paul, the Lord Jesus Christ is like a new set of clothes that makes giving unconditional love the fashion. We should fear and love God so that we lead a sexually pure and decent life in what we say and do, and husband and wife love and honor each other. For those of you students entering pastoral ministry, a good wife, or for you deaconess students, a good husband, is one of God's greatest gifts. The support and honor and unconditional love that you show to each other is one of the most positive ways of helping people around you strive for the same in their marriage and lives. The late Mother Teresa, in spite of being celibate, had some remarkable advice in the kind of love that sustains marriage. She compared that love to the drops of oil in an old-fashioned oil lamp. How does a lamp burn, she asked. Through the continuous input of small drops of oil, she answered. What are those drops of oil in the lamps of our lives? They are the small things of daily life, faithfulness, small words of kindness, a thought for others, our ways of being silent, of looking, of speaking, of acting. These are the true drops of love, she said, and then continued, Be faithful in small things, because it is in them that your strength lies. Mother Teresa had the idea that strength in marriage, and indeed strength in any meaningful human relationship, comes from the daily decision to do for others. Yes, to be there for the other. In other words, every day that dawns upon a marriage is a day in which the marriage can either die or be reborn. And it is reborn in these small daily actions to speak of affection and caring. It is not ultimately the Sixth Commandment or the laws of marriage of divorce that keep the flame of love alive, but a daily determination to live for the other in a Christ-like way. This is, as Luther put it, how husbands and wives love and honor each other. And no one other than our Lord, who gave himself totally for us as he died and rose again to free us from sin and death, no one other than he can perfectly model that love and honor for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.